Chapter 9 When I came out of the big box store, the sun had done a wonderful thing. It was low in the horizon, which made the parking lot almost beautiful, bathed in the golden rays of sunset. The shopping center was a popular place, with hundreds of cars lined up next to each other, in dozens of rows. Here and there, people were pushing carts laden with packages. I walked straight out the side entrance and let the light foot traffic carry me up a feeder lane between parked cars. The lot continued up a slight incline until it ran into the gas station. Beyond that were islands of yellowed grass bordered by a concrete curb. I started to work my way around from the side area to the front, keeping a lookout for a gold Jeep Cherokee. I found it a minute later parked predictably about 30 yards back from my Ford rental. I kept another car between myself and the Cherokee, squatted down to tie my bootlaces, and took a good look through the other car's windows. The Jeep Cherokee is a squat, bug-like sports utility vehicle, with four doors and a big hatchback trunk. I could see two guys in baseball caps, upright in the front seats, facing front. One of them was smoking a cigarette. The passenger side window was open, and a tanned elbow was resting, half out of the car. I crept up behind the Cherokee on the driver's side, stopped against the rear bumper, and waited. I couldn't be crouching there forever. The issue was going to be people passing by who might observe what I was about to do, which, from an eyewitness perspective, would resemble an unprovoked violent attack on two guys minding their own business. On the other side of the Cherokee, a woman was pushing a shopping cart and finding it to be a challenge. The wheels were rocking over the asphalt, making a racket. A younger man moved to help her, maybe her fully grown son. On one hand, there was the possibility of them witnessing what was about to go down. On the other hand, the noise they were making was good cover and maybe they would be absorbed in their own issues anyway. Maybe the trunk was complicated. Maybe the bags were heavy for them. I figured that now was as good a time as any. I slipped the, the cue ball sap out of my pocket. It was comfortable to hold, and nicely waited for the job at hand. I snuck a peek through the rear window. The driver was talking to the passenger, looking at him, which meant he was not looking at the side mirror. I shuffled in a crouch to the door behind the driver, took the handle, slow and careful. No sound from inside, no movement. No face looking surprised at me in the side mirror. I had the sap in my right hand, my left on the door handle. I was crouched down and ready. It would all be over in about five seconds. Or it wouldn't, and that would be bad. Hopefully the shoppers were absorbed in putting their purchases away. Whatever. I pulled the door and launched into the back seat of the Cherokee in a single movement. My legs catapulted me into the car and up on the seat. I held onto the driver's headrest with my left hand for leverage. The driver had a millisecond to turn toward me in surprise. Before the sap crashed into his temple and his head flopped left toward the car door. I whipped the weapon across to the passenger, caught a glimpse of him grimacing and turning toward me. 
The passenger had more time to react, and his hand came up, defending against the blow. The defense worked, to some degree. He partially blocked my arm, but the cue ball end snapped around on the flexible handle, smacking into his mouth. The point of impact was upper lip. A tooth caved in, blood from the lip spurted. His eyes bulged, and he stiffened in shock. I pushed his defending hand down with my free hand and sent another backhanded sap shot at him. The duct tape cue ball thudded into the side of his head, and he flopped over, like the other guy. They would be out cold for a minute or two. I looked out the windshield. Nothing happening. Nobody alerted. The shoppers were packing the back of a Toyota. All good. The driver's head was forward against the steering wheel. The other guy's torso was slumped into the footwell. He had blood on his face. I dove over the front seat and fished in his jeans. Came up with a wallet and a Colt 45. It was the 1911 model. Nice gun. America's favorite. The other guy had a wallet and a Ruger LCP in 38 caliber. Ugly gun. I fished in the wallets. The driver's ID had been issued in the state of Texas. Name was Alvarez. The other guy was Vasquez Garcia, with a driver's license out of New Mexico. Between them, they were carrying almost $1,000 in cash. I took the money, the ID cards, and the guns, tossed the empty wallets into the driver's side footwell. I slipped out of the car. The K-Bar knife I had bought was factory sharp. I stayed on the inside of the parked car between the Cherokee and its closest neighbor. The blade slipped easily into the side wall of the Jeep's tire. Compressed air rushed out in an angry hiss. I slit the two tires on the driver's side. When I was done, the driver was coming too. I opened the door and the guy looked at me, cross-eyed. I put a solid left hook into his jawline. He slipped back into the fog. On the way back to the motel, I stopped the Ford next to a storm drain, opened the door, and dropped both pistols into it. I didn't know what these two guys had been up to with their weapons. Did not want to find out either. <laughs>